new initiative to encourage women to pursue aviation careers and to support those already working in the industry. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Despite progress made across several fronts over the past 40 years, the percentage of women working today across all segments of the aviation industry remains woefully small, at less than 10% of the workforce. Recently, the U.S. Transportation Department formed the Women in Aviation Advisory Board to find out why that is and to find out how we can help bolster those numbers. Chaired by former U.S. Air Force Secretary Dr. Heather Wilson, the newly established board will recommend strategies to encourage women to pursue aviation careers and identify opportunities for education, training, mentorship, and recruitment of women in the aviation industry. Among the 30-member advisory board are two women with close ties to NBAA and to business aviation, and I'm pleased to welcome them both to this conversation. Kriya Short joined Cessna Aircraft Company in 1996. Today, she serves as Senior Vice President of Parts and Programs for Cessna Parent Textrod Aviation, and she's a member of the NBAA Advisory Council. NBAA Board Director Kate Frazier is the Head of Safety for Urban Air Mobility Developer Joby Aviation. She previously worked with Uber's Aviation Division and with the FAA's Office of Accident Investigation and Prevention. Kate, again, my thanks to you and Kriya for joining me today. In your view, what are some of the major hurdles that we need to overcome as an industry to get more women involved in aviation? Thank you so much, Rob. And and this is definitely something that I've been passionate about for a long time. So it's an honor to get to serve on this board with so many um, exceptional women. So for me, I think the, the industry has really come a long way, but there's just still so much more that we can do to ensure that it's an industry that that allows all people to thrive. Um, and so for me, there's there's kind of three main hurdles um, the way I look at it. And the first and foremost is the existing discrimination and bias. Um, it's certainly not the norm, uh, of course, but there's still this undercurrent of discrimination uh, that exists in the aviation industry. And, and you kind of see it online and social media. Um, you honestly hear it in the surprise uh, or the, the voice or even almost dismissal uh, that so many women pilots experience on a daily basis. And uh, unfortunately, I think every woman, woman has stories and those stories have not really subsided despite the fact that it's, it's 2020. So I think discrimination is still occurring. Um, I, I think we, again, we are definitely getting better, but I think there's still an undercurrent of bias uh, that is really problematic for, for the industry. Um, the second one for me is, is the dismissal of the challenges that women face. I, I think there's a tendency uh, to pat ourselves on the back around diversity and inclusion initiatives when we look at it just from a hiring perspective. Um, but that doesn't really solve the problem. And it's really only one small hurdle that we've, we've bypassed. Um, I think, you know, bias and, and especially unconscious bias is still a reality that many women face. And so I think to solve this issue, we have to look a lot deeper and ultimately address more systemic issues, uh, which for me leads to the third hurdle. And that's really that there's a lack of policies um, that allow for a diverse workforce. So, uh, and this isn't necessarily unique to aviation, but a lot of these companies, whether they are airlines or corporate operators or manufacturers are built on dated policies. And, and that means, you know, 10 days on or 10 days off or, you know, 80 hour weeks, 24 hour shifts, whatever it might be. But those work for nuclear families from the 1950s where, you know, the man works and the woman stays at home. 
but it's 2020 and our policies need to support modern families. They need to support working moms and dads, of course, uh, without the assumption that there's always someone at home to take care of the house or the children or the pets or the plants or whatever. Um, you know, we ultimately need an industry that focuses on flexibility um, and that flexibility that can empower a single parent to be successful. So those are kind of the three things that, that are top of my list. Um, but again, we, we've come a long ways. There's just there's still so much more to do. Kriya, what obstacles do you think still hinder having more women in our industry? Yeah, thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be able to be part of this today. Um, I have been in the industry for uh, nearly 25 years, and so I am proud to say that I found my way into the industry. And uh, and like Kate, uh, making sure that I provide a platform for diversity and inclusion has been something that's been important to me because I have experienced it in my career. And so I'm really grateful to the mentors that I've had who have guided me and helped me to grow in the industry. But uh, as as Kate has in, uh, indicated, I do think there still is a long way for us to go as an industry uh, to, to reach what I would consider to be parity. Uh, I think our workplace ought to look like the communities in which we live. So I couldn't agree more that uh, diversity and Inclusion is still an area of focus for the aviation industry and, and likely will be for some time to come. And that's why I'm super excited about the formation of the board. And the, I would say the diversity of the board itself in terms of its experience. Our industry is one that is so vast that I think it's easy for us at times to kind of get a little bit myopic and look into the areas that speak specifically to our area of aviation. Uh, but re recognizing that it spans to all of the functional support areas uh, that span aviation, general aviation, business aviation, military, uh, you know, space, commercial. It's just the, the, the vastness of it is really, I think, unique uh, when I think about it as an industry. So, uh, you know, I, I would probably say the largest hurdle um, uh, that that we, we face is just awareness. What is aviation and how do we make sure that we're promoting that at a point in time uh, in a young person's life that allows them to say, I see myself fitting in there. And certainly that, that means uh, being open to diversity, inclusion, and all sorts of perspectives, but it equally means I don't think I want to be a pilot. Do I have a place in in, in a career in aviation, or I don't have, I don't want to be an engineer? How do, how do I think about that? And so, you know, I guess I feel really grateful that uh, being part of Textron Aviation, I hailed from the Cessna side, but here in Wichita, when I look at it. Uh, we're really fortunate to have had Olivange Beach as a female leader showing and 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 the I would say the world at large uh, that women can have a, a place in aviation. They can start in any point along the continuum and they can grow and thrive into leadership roles. And so um, for 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 me, you know, certainly Kate's points are absolutely valid, but I do think that First and foremost, we just have to make sure that we're getting the right people focused on aviation at a point in time uh, in their life that causes them to see uh, role models and desires to, to continue to foster and grow and, and, and to say, I want to be part of that industry. Both you and Kate spoke to the fact this is about much more than introducing women to careers in aviation. It's also about supporting them as they find their own niches within the industry. Kriya, how can we do that? I think that, first of all, we're really lucky to have um, great scholarships, great mentors, and, and, and archetypes that we can look to. 
I do believe we've got to get better at soliciting those voices and helping people understand that no matter what your role is, no matter where you are in your career, you can play a part in that. And so absolutely, there need to be more formal opportunities and we've got to get those promoted more greatly. But I think, you know, for for me, it's really some of those grassroots movements that happen that that put an impression and oftentimes an indelible impression on on a person's life so um, for that can be through you know a discovery flight at any at any flying club that one could have or through something more formal like EAA um, to the point that um, you know we've got uh, women who volunteer across our organization as part of Society of Women Engineers who go into schools and make make science make uh, aviation manufacturing and design interesting to these young ladies and allow them to be to be met where they're at and so um, you know and I and I don't think that you have to be any one person in that I am not a formal engineer uh, but I've got a lot of great uh, engineering friends who have invited me along and I've seen that um, that work in action and see that spark uh, come to life in uh, in you know sort of an elementary to middle schoolers eyes as they think I could I could go do this and and not only that but I see you and you, maybe you look like my sister, maybe you look like my mom, um, but it's relatable. And so I, you know, certainly it's got to be a multi-pronged and multifaceted approach uh, where we link those end to end. And again, I think um, there's a lot of goodness that happens, but, but being able to be part of this, this advisory board is going to provide a platform to bring those best ideas forward, leverage them, and really um, codify them into something that could be rolled out uh, such that you could even give a, a you know, sort of a, um, a a packet or kind of a here's the the you know a rules of engagement, a playbook to to somebody who who maybe isn't in our industry but is responsible for impacting the lives of uh, of, of of young girls who could be women and leaders, developers, inventors in our industry. Kate, how do you think we can encourage and support female students to pursue an aviation career? particularly as they may face some of those biases, unconscious and otherwise, you spoke about before. I think Kriya really hit the nail on the head, um, first and foremost, on representation. Um, visibility and representation are just so unbelievably important in our path to encouraging more young women and, and students to pursue a career in aviation. So um, I'm really I definitely echo everything that she said. I think we have to continue highlighting women in the industry across all paths, obviously not just pilots, not just mechanics, engineers, administration, um, you know, dispatchers. It's a wonderful field to work in. And we really have to highlight why these jobs are so valuable and why they work for all people. Um, so I think that's a really important part. She also, Kriya touched on a little bit on the grassroots movements and the uh, Society of Women Engineers. And I think that's also a really good example. Um, tech has done a, a good job recently of encouraging um, young women to get into the field, either through Girls Who Code is, is really just one example, but you have the Society of Women Engineers, you have Grace Hopper, you have a lot of really excellent um, organizations, just like we do in aviation, um, but so many organizations that are really focused on drawing young women and girls into the industry. Uh, and aviation is starting to embrace similar campaigns, but this should definitely be a priority if we want to expand that. Um, in terms of, of how we address unconscious bias, especially at a, a young age, I think one of the things that's really, really important is that we remove those stereotypes at a young age. Um, of course, you have 
what you can do with unconscious bias at a professional level. And that's a lot of training and education for all people. Um, but at a young age, if you start to remove those stereotypes, and if, this isn't a new concept, of course, um, but we have to ensure that young girls know that aviation is not a man's career. It is a career for everyone. And there's some really lovely symbolic gestures out there. You see things like, you know, pilot Barbie and other things like that. And it's, it's great to see that 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 is more the norm these days, but it's not just symbolic gestures. It has to be large systemic changes in the way that we discuss careers in STEM. Um, that it's, you know, most people don't even know that a career in aviation is attainable uh, without military service. That's something that I found when I went through flight training. Um, and I would tell people afterwards, they would initially ask, you know, what branch of the military did you serve in? And obviously that's an incredible path for people to go through, but education can go a long way to letting people know that this industry exists, that it provides a lot of opportunities for all people, for women and men, um, and that it's something worth pursuing. So I think to kind of answer your last question on unconscious bias, there is a lot, a lot that needs to be done in terms of training and education at the professional level. Um, but at the younger level, it's it's really just breaking down those barriers and that understanding of, of what these careers are and who they're for. If I can add, I think it's absolutely valid. And, and I do think that those of us who are in the industry can help um, overcome those unconscious biases by sharing our stories, right? And so the fact that we are, I would say, a relatively young industry relative to um, our diversity and really and really coming more on par with what what the world looks like, that that is beholden to those of us who are part of it to, to reflect who we are and to be comfortable doing so. So it's okay uh, to be a successful woman uh, who is a pilot or is an engineer or is a leader and a mom and to be able to to talk about those things. And I think that that spans beyond just aviation. That's more of a societal norm now to be able to, to be open with that. And But for those of us that maybe have been in the workforce a little bit longer, it's still something that we need to become more comfortable about because the more we can do that, the more we appeal and demonstrate to to all, all who are interested in coming to our industry, um, that that we are people, right? We, we we get up every single day. We have the same challenges. We have the same the same demands on our time, um, and being able to to demonstrate that makes us human. Uh, it makes us relatable, and it, it also will draw, I think draw in people who are more like us and aspire to be like us. Drawing from your 25 years in the industry, Kriya, both with your company as well as participating in various aviation organizations, what are some of the lessons you've learned that may be valuable for women now looking to enter business aviation? So thanks, Rob. I mean, first of all, I'll have to say I'm a little envious of Kate, right? Because um, I, I appreciate the boldness with which you just have, you know, you're, you're able to articulate your point and stand on your confidence. And I'll say as, as somebody coming into the industry, just being completely honest, I didn't necessarily have that confidence. I didn't come with the, with the formal credentials behind uh, my name or their certificates necessarily that, that made me a powerhouse in, in aviation from day one. I kind of found myself in aviation because I'd learned how to fly and I liked it. Um, and so I would say I was just really so fortunate to have have mentors who who taught me from the very beginning. But I, I think that also caused me to have my own unconscious biases around who I was supposed to be and how I needed to reflect myself. So when I say we have to be more bold about talking about who we are as people, 
that's applicable to me. And that is a big lesson learned because I would tell you, I think I spent the first probably uh, certainly third of my career really, really crafting and shaping myself into who I thought I was supposed to be. Uh, and, and now that I'm, you know, I'll call it in kind of that back third of my career, I really am enjoying um, sharing my own lessons learned with the, uh, with, with, with all of the people I have the opportunity to mentor uh, women and men alike. And, um, and I would, I would say if I could go back and do one thing differently, that's probably what I would have done is, is just been more open about my viewpoints, about my perspective, because I think that would have probably allowed me to, to um, maybe fail from time to time, but fail faster and learn and grow, grow faster as well. And so, um, so certainly that is something that I, I always share uh, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm privileged to have mentoring sessions with uh, with both individuals and groups alike. Um, but then I also think there are so many great experiences and um, and and de demonstrations of how we are growing as an industry out there. And and really, they come in the form of organizations, but but organizations exist because there are great people. And so I would point out um, just with within NBAA, Joe D'Amato and, you know, how passionate and hard she works across all sorts of platforms and mediums to, to focus on workforce development across all of the segments of our industry, um, as well as, as uh, being a champion for diversity as well. And so, you know, I think that is a really great representation industry-wide um, of, of the, the types of people who really will propel us forward. Um, within within our own company, I'm really proud of, um, and again, it was people who made this happen, uh, but of our own HR team who recognized that we would have a challenge in a skilled workforce environment if we didn't focus and find a way to change the narrative and change the opportunity to bring to bring people who wouldn't necessarily consider aviation into our company. And so partnering with the Kansas State Board of Education, we're able to craft an aviation pathway and, and so again, I think those are those are just a couple of examples of, of things that are happening that are great out there that really will um, will pay dividends for our industry in years to come. Kate, what are your perspectives as someone who's worked in aviation for a little more than a decade? I'm still learning a lot. In fact, everything that Korea is saying, I'm, I'm taking a lot of mental notes uh, because there's just so much fantastic stuff um, that she's mentioned and so much good experience and uh, it really hit, hit home with me what Korea mentioned about being more bold about who you are. And I even think that all the time about reflecting back on five, six, seven, even back in college um, about when I didn't speak up and when I didn't say what I needed to say and how frustrated I am at my past self for not not having that voice. And so I absolutely agree with everything Korea is saying about how important it is, especially for young women in an industry like this, to be bold and maybe you will make mistakes and maybe you will fail, um, but to really be true to yourself is really, really excellent point that, that Korea brought up. So kind of moving on to, to more directly answer your question about you know what organizations and what I've learned. I, there's two kind of key things from my personal experience. First and foremost, it's it's that industries and and ultimately companies have to constantly um, constantly nurture and develop diversity inclusion initiatives. Uh, it is so important to recognize that these are not standalone initiatives. You don't have a DNI initiative and say, okay, we did it, we're good. Um, they have to be integrated into everything that the company does. These are, you know, values and goals that have to align across hiring. They have to align across training, communication, the way that the company operates. Um, it, it really takes a lot or it takes much greater awareness and effort to implement change. 
Um, and then the second, which they're really closely aligned, but the second one is that it's not just a women's issue to make the aviation industry a better place for all people, especially women. Uh, we have to, you know, we have to have support from our male colleagues. We will never reach equal representation if we don't have the support and recognition of our male colleagues. Um, and so I think organizations that recognize and support um, women in the field and support this goal will ultimately be successful, uh, not only in diversity and inclusion, but you know, successful as an organization. In conclusion, Kate, what do you think should be the role of business aviation in leading this charge to promote and encourage women in aviation, particularly as we look toward expanding the very definition of business aviation to include emerging segments like urban air mobility? This whole concept of of urban aviation and ride sharing and everything that we're trying to do at Joby ultimately requires once once fully deployed, we're not talking about initially, but fully deployed with multiple aircraft line, we will require a substantial amount of pilots. That is just the truth. And even with the recent downturn due to COVID-19, there's still a pilot shortage looming. Maybe it's delayed a little bit, but it's still there. And when you realize that the pilot population is still, I believe it's 93% male, it's around there, um, which I think even when I started in aviation, I think it was 94%. So in over a decade, it, it really hasn't gone down much. Uh, but it doesn't take much to recognize that a massive untapped market is in the other 50% of the global population. Uh, so as an industry, I think we all stand to benefit from having more women in aviation. And I, ultimately, I think I think advanced air mobility is is an extremely attractive job, uh, especially for people who might have historically been turned off from commercial aviation due to its its inflexibility. So if we can bring in more talented people due to the promise of, of advanced air mobility, then it will only lead to an increased pool of talent for business aviation. And I think honestly, the promise of, of advanced air mobility is not just for pilots, it's for everyone. It's a really new and exciting concept with beautiful new aircraft and a new kind of business model for how we operate. And so I think ultimately that's that's going to lead to some really, really exciting development on the workforce development front. But it is going to be a group effort to kind of put a pin in what we've been discussing is, you know, study after study after study shows that diverse companies are successful companies. And I think it's so important that aviation as a whole embraces these efforts to increase diversity and inclusion. And Together, you know, through initiatives like the Women in Aviation Advisory Board, I'm really, really optimistic that we can do that. And Kriya, how do you think our segment of the industry can increase the number of women working in aviation and help inform the Women in Aviation Advisory Board in promoting and supporting women in aviation careers? One of the things that I love about the business aviation community is is the the users of our products, our customers, uh, who span all segments of industries. And so, the ability for us uh, from on this board to go out and leverage uh, leverage their experiences, leverage their voices, and pairing that passion that they have for the industry, and to the extent that they're willing. Um, engaging them to help us uh, with this initiative in communities where they live and work, which are, are going to be broader than, than any other segment of the industry uh, in terms of our, our expanding our reach. 
Uh, lastly, uh, and this is really uh, as a member of the board, which I'm, I'm so privileged uh, to, to have the opportunity, we as a board have an obligation to share our experiences, uh, to share the experiences of, of other uh, diverse candidates in our industry and bring those forward, to listen, to learn from, to challenge, to push, uh, and to, to gain a greater understanding. Because when we do that effectively, uh, I am 100% confident uh, that we can improve and change uh, how our industry looks and we will have a robust and a diverse and a creative and a capable uh, workforce for years to come. More information about the Women in Aviation Advisory Board is available at FAA.gov and DOT.gov. You may also learn more about NBAA's efforts to promote diversity and inclusion in our industry by visiting nbaa.org forward slash diversity. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock, and thanks for listening to Flight Plan. Flight Plan.